0: John Steggerwall Show, sponsored by Servicemaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded.
1: Okay, now what? The big guy says it was a big surprise to him, and all we're getting is a bunch of no comments from the Justice Department and the FBI. But they did raid Donald Trump's house last night. Maybe you heard about it. It's been in all the papers. Uh, What were they looking for and what happens next? Guy Reschenthaler is a Republican congressman from District 14, and he joins us now. Guy, thanks for coming on.
2: Thanks for having me on, as always. I'll tell you what's next. What next is Donald Trump running for president and winning. If there were any Republicans that were on the fence deciding whether to support President Trump or not in 2024, they're all coming home because they see that he was completely taken advantage of um, by a political FBI that was overstepping uh, and over-politicizing uh, this uh, this raid. This raid could have been done in less, far less restrictive means. Uh, they were going after material that they said the National Archives wanted. Historically, that's been handled through lawyers. But this raid is reminiscent of really Stasi-like tactics.
1: Yeah, um... I don't disagree with anything you said, but what 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 would change that? I mean, would would if if they found something damning, would that change all that? Is there any chance that they're going to find something that would preclude him running for president?
2: Like what about what about a laptop, John, that has a whole bunch of incriminating evidence <laughs> on that the FBI has been sitting on for years? <laughs> oh, that's right, that's Hunter Biden. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm sorry, Don. Yeah. I, I uh, sorry, yeah, I got didn't a little need mixed up there, there. Yeah, no. Yeah, John, look, there. there isn't going to I don't think there's going to be anything that is incredibly damaging. The January 6th committee has been trying to have this quasi prosecution on Donald Trump for months on. And now uh, virtually limitless government resources at their disposal. They've come up with zero. Uh, remember, the FBI concocted the whole Russian collusion hoax, which was which was a scam as well. I, I trust them about as much about as far as I can throw them, mm-hmm. uh, to, to use an expression. But, but look, at the end of the day, this shows the two-tier justice system that we have in the United States. We have uh, a tier for those that are part of the regime or the ruling class. Think about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, uh, Hillary Clinton, for example, Nancy Pelosi's husband, uh, who's doing insider trading. They, they do not get indicted. They don't get touched. They, the media doesn't even cover them. Then you have this tier of justice for anybody that's conservative. I uh, think Roger Stone, Paul Manafort, uh, my friend John uh, Fortenberry, um, President Trump last night, where the rules be damned, if you're a conservative, we're going to use all our resources against you. And that's why people don't have any faith left in the FBI. It's overtly political at this point.
1: Should we have gotten uh, and and do we deserve some answers from the attorney general and the FBI by now, unless something's happened recently? I don't think they've come out with any information on what they were looking for or what they got.
2: Well, no, you saw Director Ray when he was in front of Congress last week, I believe, just evading every question uh, that was coming his way. Uh, I'll tell you what, there will be an investigation, there will be oversight come 2022, I'm sorry, come January of 2023, because when Republicans retake the House, when we retake the Senate, we're going to use the oversight investigation power of Congress to expose the overt political actions of the FBI, expose the select prosecution of the DOJ, Uh, Remember the DOJ that wants to label parents that are upset at school board meetings. They want to label them as domestic terrorists. Um, So we'll investigate them. We'll investigate Hunter Biden's laptop, all of Joe Biden's shady business dealings. We'll investigate all that. But until we're in power, come 2023, there's very little we can do. And, of course, when you drag these people in front of a committee meeting, uh, they can just play dumb and play coy and say they're not going to comment on an ongoing investigation et cetera, et cetera. But at least we can expose their hypocrisy.
1: Well, this has never happened in the history of the country, and you said you don't expect them to get anything that that justifies it. But um, what would be something that that would justify going into a, a former president's home and breaking into a safe? What could they be looking for that could possibly warrant that?
2: Well, it would have to be something that's national security- Related, It's a threat to national security. I highly doubt that President Trump as any kind of national is doing anything nefarious regarding our national security. He was a president for four years, four years, deeply loved the country and uh, so forth. But look, they're saying that they're looking for classified information uh, documents that should be going to the National Archives, not in President Trump's uh, possession. Which, again, that's just absolutely absurd because historically, for example, with the Clintons who took half the furniture in the White House when they left, typically that's all worked out lawyer to lawyer, not a pre-dawn raid where you're coming in with guns into a president's home. It's completely uncalled for.
1: Well, Guy, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on. And I hope you guys, the Republicans, have a good long-term plan for this. And maybe we'll talk about that down the road.
2: Thanks for having me on, John, and thanks for all you do. I appreciate it.
1: Okay, that's Guy Reschenthaler, District 14, from Congress. We'll be right back. Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee. With prices set to increase on all exterior products, lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at Pittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. Windows arrest. you've tried the rest, now try the
2: best.
0: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
1: Well, maybe we'll find out exactly what the FBI was uh, doing at Donald Trump's house yesterday and last night, assuming anybody believes what they or anybody else in the Justice Department has to say about it. And maybe it did have something to do with January 6th. And how much does anybody believe what the Democrats are saying about that? Joshua Phillips and Joseph Hanneman of Epoch Times have Epoch Times have, have produced a, a documentary called What Really Happened on January 6th? And Joshua joins us now. Joshua, thanks for being here. Being here thank you. So uh, the big picture, how does what really happened uh, compare to what we've been told happened?
3: Well what we've been told happened unfortunately is just one giant lie and I think we can definitively say that now. Uh, the real story of January 6 is that frankly the police committed numerous crimes very likely. Uh, We brought on one of the top experts on police use of force, Stan Keffart, for some of the assessment on body cam footage that we received. Uh, We have video footage that's never been seen before by the public uh, in this documentary. And really, we show massive violations of crime on behalf of the police, very little acts that would justify that on behalf of the protesters. And I think we show significant evidence of something a lot of people have been concerned about, which is the fact that most of the actual crimes on behalf of the protesters things they're being accused of were done by what we're calling suspicious actors. And they're suspicious because we don't know who they are, because the FBI and federal agencies have little to no interest in them.
1: So um, what, what is it that's prevented, other than just, just blatant cover-up, what, what is it that's prevented us from seeing the things you just talked about? How does that video exist for this long without it somehow getting out there?
3: Well, this is what's really concerning. So I've spoken with numerous lawyers who've been working on cases, trying to defend their clients as they're going to these kangaroo courts, and this is what they keep telling us. They say that they're being, uh, they're being given a tsunami of nonsense. They're being given thousands and thousands of hours of video footage that are utterly useless, Meanwhile, the real exculpatory evidence the things they actually need are being withheld from them. Uh, we've been lucky enough to have some very good sources who provided us with some footage that nobody's seen before. And this video footage is the exculpatory evidence on several individuals. Um, we show pretty significant stuff. Again, I mean, just as some examples of it, we have footage of all four deaths that day. Uh, people, of course, have heard different numbers of deaths. Even some of the judges have been saying six deaths. That's an absolute lie. You have judges lying in court in front of the juries, lying in court, saying there's six deaths, claiming even two police were killed. It's an absolute lie. That was not the case. There were four deaths that day. That was Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boyman, and then two individuals who died of heart complications. But we show video evidence that all four deaths at the very least, had contributing factors by abuse and use of force from the police.
1: Uh, And what are the the big facts that the media refuse to, that they've missed? And and are they missing it or are they ignoring it? There's a big difference.
3: They're missing it, they're ignoring it, and they're falsifying it. So I'd say actually all three, depending on the report and depending on who's doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, even the January 6th committee, in fact, we can say definitively they are doctoring and altering information. Even some of the evidence that's been shown in court, for example, has been altered. Uh, one of the examples of this would be, for example, videos of individuals accused of assault, where the courtrooms are playing these videos, but they're removing the sound, because the sound would show people that the individuals being accused of things are asking the police, telling them they're going to help the police trying to assist the police. Uh, If you just show a person, you know, putting their hands on an officer or falling on an officer is in one case and you remove the audio where they're saying, oh, I'm sorry, let me help you. You know, let me help you. We'll get up together. They remove that audio and then try to reframe what's actually taking place. Uh, You have numerous, numerous cases like this. And I mentioned uh, these deaths, for example. You know, people have seen the video of Roseanne Boylan. I'm sorry about Ashley Babbitt getting shot by Officer Bird. Uh, we have multiple angles on that. We also have, for example, uh, video evidence showing a, sh- a second gunman. Uh, we also have a lot of evidence on that nobody's seen, I think. But nobody I think not many people have heard about, for example, Roseanne Boylan, uh, the woman who died in the tunnel to the Capitol. And this is the real story of that that I think also is, again, badly, badly, um, mal- badly, badly misrepresented, if shown at all.
1: And, and the death
3: the, of Roseanne. I'll go ahead, sir. No, no, you go. Well, the death of Roseanne Boylan, I think, paints a whole different picture of one of the main scenes. A lot of people have watched that day. People are seeing three different scenes when they look at the video footage of January sixth. They mm-hmm. see the individuals rushing up the steps and raiding the Capitol. Those individuals, for the most part, are, are the suspicious actors I mentioned. Those individuals are the ones who committed the actual crimes that day. And seemingly the FBI and federal agencies have no interest in them for some weird reason. The ones who should be facing charges are not. And that's the video a lot of people see in those scenes. The other video people see are the police waving people into the building. Those are the individuals mostly being charged. The ones where police are holding the doors open, waving them in, inviting them in, and escorting them in. And there's surveillance footage we show showing this. The other part is where people see video of individuals fighting at this tunnel entrance and the context of that is important because that's what the death of Roseanne Boylan shows. This is what really happened at that scene. Police deployed tear gas. The tear gas sucked the oxygen out of that tunnel. People began trampling each other, panicking, which is why it's a violation of use of force to do that. Police caused panic and they could have killed people. And in fact, they may have killed someone. And that was Roseanne Boylan. Roseanne Boylan collapses as individuals are fleeing. She gets trampled on. She's lying there. She's losing consciousness. People are holding her hand, begging the police to save this woman's life. And you can hear her pleading with them. You can hear the crowd pleading with the police. And as they're doing this, the police are beating them with the batons. You can see people getting hit, bleeding from the head, and they're still begging the police. Roseanne Boylan loses consciousness. The crowd watches her as she's dying. Then the police, as they're begging them to help her, begin beating her unconscious body. We have the video footage of all of this.
1: And, and, and then so, what
3: happens? Go ahead. And then you can see, of course, people fighting with the police at that tunnel entrance. And that's some of the most common footage seen as they're trying to save these people's lives. That's the real context.
1: Now, uh, and we're, we're talk, talking to Joshua Phillip, and he's uh, a co-writer and producer. He narrates the, uh, the, the, uh, the documentary, What Really Happened on January 6th. Um, this video, this, what you're describing there, uh, is just stunning. Um, how does that, when will that video be, when will people watching CNN see that video?
3: We well, can watch it right now. It's, it's on our website. Uh, we have already have this published, but again, you know, not many people know about this, not many people have seen it. I think the media, for the most part, the legacy media, they're almost entirely ignoring this stuff. They're choosing not to cover it. They're not telling people about it. In fact, even the January 6th committee, they're editing out, when they show people footage of that tunnel entrance, they're editing out this footage. They're not showing people this very relevant, very important footage that would give people the context of what they're watching.
1: Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to tell uh, tell people where they can find this, and you wanted to give us the website.
3: Yeah, that's EpochTV.com, EpochTV.com. It's the real story of January 6th.
1: Yeah, and I, what I meant by my question was that when is this go? When is this stuff? Why are, why are you having to spend the time and the effort to put this together? And why is it not just out there? I guess that's what I'm asking. Why is, CNN, why is CNN and MSNBC and Fox, for that matter, not showing this spectacular video?
3: Well, I've been wondering the same thing. And, uh, you know, frankly, I think that maybe some of them, maybe they don't know, maybe they haven't seen the footage, giving them benefit of the doubt. Maybe some of them are interested in not showing people the real story, I think, is the very likely reason for some of them. But. Again, intent is up to each one.
1: Um, why did the Capitol Police usher people in? Yeah, another
3: serious question. Another serious question is also why they were instigating the crowd, why they were throwing munitions in the crowd, why they were shooting people with tasers, not arresting them, not taking them back in the lines, not, assi- not getting assistance. Why Officer Byrd, after shooting Ashley Babbitt, did not administer aid as he's required to under the law. Why were they attacking people, beating people, throwing these explosive munitions deep into the crowd? Why they were doing that, not arresting, not dispersing the crowd, and instead instigating the crowd, which could constitute entrapment, because what they're doing is riling up the crowd rather than trying to basically do what their job was, which is to, again, arrest or disperse.
1: And what do you hope that uh, people take away from this Uh, Well, what I hope people take away from this is understanding what really took
3: place that day. And beyond that, of course, it's on each individual, and I think on on whether judges want to take this up. But basically, the story is you've been lied to. We've all been lied to. The whole country's been lied to over something that's being politicized, being used politically and being manipulated, altered, and shown to the public in a way to be used more effectively politically. And that's what's really going on.
1: Last thing for you, um, uh, Philip uh, uh, Joshua. What what is, uh, what about Ray Epps? Who is he? Why haven't we heard from him? Or does he matter?
3: Ray Epps does matter, but alongside him, the individuals with him matter quite a bit. Uh, we do have a full segment in the documentary showing what we call these suspicious actors and material witnesses witnesses, uh, close to one hundred of them, who while Trump was still speaking at the ellipse broke down the police barriers, removed them, removed the no trespassing sign, and then a separate group entered the Capitol building and opened the big doors. These individuals cleared the way so that when protesters came from a Trump rally, people would be unknowingly violating the law, unknowingly trespassing, because the individuals removed the barricades and removed the signs.
1: Now, uh, last thing, I promise. Um, (laughs) Would... um... Uh, is, will this video be available uh, when we get to another month or two for um, for the Republicans to use it in an ad, for example? Would they be able to have access to this this kind of footage?
3: It's uh, it's already public. People can use it already.
1: Wow! Hey, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, one more time, where they can find it?
3: Uh, that's at Epoch TV, e p o c h t v dot com.
1: Thank you, Joshua. I appreciate it pleasure thank you okay that's joshua phillip and you can find it as he said as epochtv.com
0: with our news i'm john scott Former president trump has released a statement saying the fbi has searched his palm beach mar-a-lago estate Correspondent Bill Alexander with that report. The search,
4: according to people close to the investigation, is focusing on materials Mr. Trump took after he left the White House. There may be a question as to whether Mr. Trump has boxes of classified documents. The Justice Department had no comment on whether Attorney General Merrick Garland authorized the search. In his statement, Mr. Trump said, After working and cooperating with the relevant government agencies, this unannounced raid on my home was not necessary or appropriate. There are reports agents also broke open a safe
0: during their probe. I'm Bill Alexander in Washington. Stocks remain in the red on Wall Street. The Dow is down 73 points, the Nasdaq off 145. This is SRN News.
5: If you were lied to when buying a timeshare and worn out, you need my help. Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshare and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare jots ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have 383 employees and have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those Timeshare dollars back in your pocket. If you were told in a Timeshare presentation that this was available today and today only, that Timeshare was a great investment, or your maintenance fees will never go up, call my office now. I guarantee if we take you as a client... We will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing.
0: Call now for your free information
3: kit. 800 881 4242. 800 881 4242.
0: 800 881 4242. In the old Dracula movies starring Bella Lugosi, all you had to do was show the cross and the vampire would slink away. But we still have that cross. Only this time that cross represents the truth. We have truth on our side truth, common sense, and the belief in what's right. Use the truth to win those arguments. And stay tuned to this station to find out what's real, what's true, and who's telling the lies. That's why we exist. AM 1250, The Answer. My dog was scratching and shedding like crazy around the house. When I heard about Dynavite Nutritional Supplement, I thought, why not? Couldn't hurt. We literally tried everything else. Our dog quickly took to it And after a couple of weeks of adding Dynavite to his food, we noticed a big difference. Our little Gizmo's coat was shinier, and he almost completely stopped shedding and itching. I'm so glad I tried Dynavite.
6: My dog smelled so bad
2: and scratched herself constantly. We bathed, sprayed, and bathed her again, but no results. And then I heard about Dynovite supplements for gut health and all of the reviews sounded just like my Bella. After just 2 weeks, she had major improvements with the smell and no more scratching or dragging her stomach across the carpet and her coat is more
1: beautiful than ever.
0: Get 10% off your next order of Dynovite nutritional supplements for dogs at dynovite.com. Oh,
6: happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million
2: pets helped with dinovites. Oh.
0: Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.log. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
4: In addition, to all the construction-related tie-ups uh, for this time of the afternoon have a disabled vehicle now to add into the mix. It has just been moved off to the side. Nonetheless, the damage has clearly been done here. You're jammed solid from Noblestown Road all the way in through the Washington pike Kerwin Heights area. So a big tie-up here as a result of this disabled vehicle off to the side on 79 South. And that's your latest
0: traffic. I'm Eric Herr. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Cloudy and humid tonight with a thunder shower in spots. We'll see a nighttime low of 65. Variable cloudiness tomorrow with a thunderstorm in parts of the area. It'll remain humid with a high of 78. For tomorrow night, expect a moonlit sky with a low of 59. Some sunshine Thursday, then increasing clouds with a shower in the area for the afternoon. We'll reach a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5, The Answer.
1: Well, lots of young people will be going off to college in the next few weeks. Lots of parents will be spending lots of money uh, sending them there. Uh, and a, a lot of the students will be in lots of debt when it's all over. Is it all worth it? Well, not according to Timothy J. Gordon. He's the co-author of a book called Don't Go to College, A Case for Revolution. And he joins us now. Tim, thanks for being here.
2: Oh, Thanks for having me. So I appreciate. It,
1: it. Yeah, if parents who who sent their kids off to college or send them off, I guess they haven't left most of them haven't left quite yet. But anyway, uh, if they send them off to college and then read your book, will they be regretting sending them off?
3: Well, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think any parent whether they read their the book <laughs> I've recently published with regular Publishing or not should regret what they've done. I think the simple way to say it is that they will regret sending the kids to college. I'm talking about the 99% because it, it's bad for your wallet. Uh, if you're a kid, it, it's bad for the mind. It's bad for the morals. It's bad for the future vocation of the kid as a husband or wife. And um, there's, there's no real enclave in the STEM sciences anymore. Those are woke now too. So there's, there's almost no safe way to go to college. The regret is real, friends.
1: And uh, most parents, I think, uh, are aware, uh, uh, you would think they would be aware, that colleges have changed since they went to college. You wouldn't have to be too old to have noticed the the change or heard about the change. But when did it reach the point that you and uh, Michael Robillard felt it necessary to write this book?
2: I mean, look, it began
3: as a joke.
1: We're just saying
3: it's folks that have, like, six graduate degrees between the two of us something like 20 years of experience in the classroom. i taught high school and college. He's taught college. He's an Army Ranger from Oxford and Notre Dame and the Naval Academy, places like that. That um, the, the best thing that seniors in high school can do and therefore be told by mentor figures is get married to your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, find a job in the trades, have lots of kids, and you will have a great life that way.
1: Thank you. You there? Yeah. Oh, I think I thought... Got gotcha. Okay, I thought we lost you there for a second. Um, so um, what are the four culture gods on inclusion and intersectionality that you write about?
3: Well, they, the, the term is uh, less than helpful to people, but it's, uh, you know, the feminism... Racism, post-colonialism. Uh, now we have LGBT, and particularly the, the transsexual agenda. No. Uh, you know of all of these, what's most alarming to me about conservatism is the fact that we are the world's great losers. The one thing we really do, characteristically, that unites conservatism is we're we just we lose. That's what we do. The left wins. Mm-hmm. They stormed all nine of the cultural institutions sometime last century, closer to the beginning of the century, by the way, than most people think, not in the sixties, but about five decades before. And, uh, we lose, we cede ground to them. And when there's, there's an originary of these four gods that all the other ones stem from, it's feminism, feminism, the original transgender, the original gender dysphoria, you know, teaching brainwashing that, there's no significant difference between the essence of a male and a female, and what conservatives do characteristically, that I think is so instructive, is they cede the point, you know, that that a man and a woman are, are two radically different things with radically ergonomics and, and uh, economies of scale, and are called to radically different things, particularly in the complementarity of the family. They, they lost that battle sometime between first and second wave feminism. And then the idea that that a man and a woman can act like each other, which is all feminism is, grew into, you know, LGB, that a man and a woman can act like one another in the bedroom, that they're fungible ergonomically. Mm -hmm. And because we forfeited the feminism debate, and then we forfeited the LGB debate in the 90s, then it grew into this ontological claim that they make. Well, a man and a woman can actually be one another. It's the next logical step. And that's, you know, what the, what the trannies say starting in 2014, 2015. And um, conservatives want to whine about it for another five minutes until they move on to the next step, which, which will certainly involve the grooming program of uh, LGBT. And then they're going to no longer, they incorporate each of the last generation's claims as they move to only rebut the most recent iteration of the uh, development of those claims, that's what I hate about conservatives.
1: Yeah, well, it's it is interesting that uh, when you think about it, that you know, kids are, who are in the fifth or sixth grade now, when you see what's going on in, in the in the uh, elementary schools, they're uh, going all the way back to kindergarten. Um, it's not that far, you know, in a person's life. It's not a big uh, jump from fifth grade to the first year of college. It's only, what, about 12 or 13 years. But if you get – if you are indoctrinating kids for that long, what's the chances of, of them being unindoctrinated when they get to college? It's, it's it's They're hopeless before they get there, aren't they?
3: Of course. Yeah, think about it. I mean, fifth grade to freshman year of college is only about seven
1: and a half years. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, it goes-
3: it goes quick. Look, I got seven kids. I'm oh. alarmed how quickly it goes. But
1: yeah, I was I got, thinking five years old instead of fifth grade. <laughs> but that's my got, math isn't got, that bad. Yeah.
3: No, no, no. I, I, I didn't yeah. mean to correct. The point is that that you're right. The point is that um, the run through what exactly the university is, qua the nerve center of the other cultural institutions that were stormed all nine of them sometime last century. I mean, it's the nerve center. It's the brain. I want to kill the leftist beast and university is the head. We need a headshot. And that's what this is all about. Conservatives never fight to win, fight to kill. That's our big problem. The right wingers, but think about it. The lower ed, subserve higher ed. And the reasonably speaking, the way you just described the news media, subserve higher ed. I mean, they, they, they get cues from higher ed. Entertainment media, get aesthetic cues from higher ed. Military sports, even the church now, I'm, I'm sad to say, in all of these variant ways, they subserve the institution. They overran. So they overran all of the nine institutions of Colton. They're not giving them back, which is why we need an actual revolution, which is the book subtitle. This book is not just, since I've already said all that, it's not just for tuition-paying parents, or college-bound, it's, it's for everyone. It's a lot more than just about college.
1: And the, the book, by the way, is uh, Don't Go to College, A Case for Revolution. Timothy J. Gordon is the co-author. Um, uh, so, But here's the other thing, uh, Tim. Uh, conservatives are supposed to be, I, I, I guess they're more likely to be interested in business, marketing, They're the ones who are, you know, Republicans, conservatives. They're the business people and the people who know how to entrepreneurs and that kind of thing. What's taking so long if this if what if everything that you're saying is true, what's taking so long for some smart businessman to say, hey, let's start a college. I know that some people have tried this, but let's why aren't there hundreds of them popping up around the country where they say, hey. Don't send your kid there. We we'll teach him. We'll teach him reading, writing, and arithmetic here. But we're not. There's no. Uh, there's no wokeism. Why Why aren't they popping up? What, there seems to be a, a an opportunity there for somebody.
3: Well, parallelism within economies of scale should be a real thing, but it's not. And that's because I, I don't agree with the first premise of that question. Conservatives are not better business.
1: Well, they're supposed if to. You be. look at
3: the fourth. Uh, that's just
1: we've
3: got to get away from abiding wisdom yeah. because it's not wise. They're not. The Fortune 500 is, like, all of them are run by leftists. But mm-hmm. so we've got to drop these old boomerish paradigms. They, they're not true. They don't work. That, that's just not true. The leftists are better at even business than conservatives because we've been sending our maybe conservative bread kids to business school, and the business schools are woke too. So a brainwashing campaign propaganda, writ large, works. And yeah, there should be some parallel universities, but we don't need them. The point is, look, I thought that the dumbest kid in my group of high school friends, me and my friends thought we were clever as hell, but the dumbest one became an electrician's apprentice, got married young, (laughs) had a kid, you know, he was making a hundred grand by our junior year of college. Mm-hmm. When most of us were nearing a hundred grand in debt, he's the smart one. This is what conservatives will do if they're smart. What they'll do if they're as dumb as I think, as I begun to think they are, is they'll keep going to college and sending their kids there.
1: Well, where are the doctors and dentists going to come from, and the attorneys?
3: Yeah. Well, I have a JD, man. We got we got ten to- about ten times more degree granting JD institutions than than MD institutions in this country. We don't need more lawyers. Now, yeah, sure. I mean, jump exception makes bad law. I'm sure you've heard that at some point. But jump to the exceptions, that's fine. If someone just has a an inkling that's strong to go be a doctor, they're going to have to deal with the uni- woke university system. And oh, yeah. they're going to have to deal with it a lot more effectively than they have been because they've been getting brainwashed on the way. And that's why the medical establishment is so woke and anti-life and corrupt, and they say that women can have penises. Right? Uh-huh. That's, a, that's, a, that's a crummy doctor if your doctor thinks the woman can have a penis.
1: Yep. Well, he- he- Heather the
3: point Mac- is, exception makes bad law. Most people don't need to go yeah. to college.
1: Well, Heather McDonald has a great piece up at the Manhattan Institute, or maybe it's at City Journal, where uh, it's talking about how medical schools have now been taken over by wokeism, and they're that's. Uh, I won't go into all that, but you're you're right. It's uh, you're not. That's not. You're not escaping from it. If you're going to go to be a doctor, you're going to have to fight through uh, it. Med, actually,
3: med school just two weeks ago, it was announced by the consortium of uh, all American medical schools that they are going to begin teaching diversity, equity, inclusion. So I, I like mm-hmm. at McDonald's, but I would beg to differ, respectfully but strongly. They're very woke. I was,
1: Oh no! She says it's 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 arrived. It's there. It's uh, they're all they're doing it. It's she sure her point was that you're going to get bad doctors because of it, Um, and it's that's not good. Now, um, full disclosure here: I teach uh, in in the communications department at a Christian university about fifty miles from here, and I know a lot of the students who got jobs, and I teach broadcasting. Okay, Uh, communications. And I'm more of a coach than I am a teacher. I, I teach them how to write and uh, perform for television. I did it for 40 years. Um, but they've, they've gotten jobs in broadcasting, many of them, as soon as they graduated. And I tell these kids, and I am serious about it because it was the way it worked for me a million years ago. I tell these young students that by choosing broadcasting, they're actually they, – they have a, a huge advantage because – you can go and major in that, and you get practical experience. And you can, when you're finished, you can actually have something that shows you're ready to get your first job. You have videos, you have audios, you've done radio, TV on campus, and so I think that there. I think that that's one exception. I don't. That's the one that I'm aware of because I'm involved in it. But are there any other exceptions of majors that actually work? I mean, I don't. I can't believe that anybody spends. A dollar and a half to go major in gender studies, but there are, are there some that do people any good?
3: They're very few. I, I I you know, look, reasonable minds can differ. I, I even my co author, uh, Dr. Provard and I disagree probably at a distinction degree as how how should you know, head, How much how much should hedge, right? How wide is this exception? And you know, I mean, we're co-authors on the book. So we don't completely really agree, but yeah. I in this, um, it's a, hey. a corrupt system. The revolution won't be televised, and, and we need a revolution. And it's not gonna it's not gonna come to pass when people are um, partaking so horribly of this this low.
1: Hey Tim, we're, you're breaking up. Can we give you a real quick call back? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll call you right back. And we're talking to uh, Timothy J. Gordon. He's the co-author of a book called Don't Go to College, A Case for Revolution, and um, is, uh, he's making some good points here. Uh, and if you are in the process of sending a kid off to college, getting ready to send a kid off for his freshman year, maybe it's a book you ought to check out, uh, not because you're going to necessarily regret having sent your kid away to college, but you got to know what to expect and, and that's, that's what I'm wondering if, if parents are aware of it enough that they um, – I'm wondering if parents are aware of it enough if they – of what's going on there to prepare their, their, their kids for it. How many parents actually – I talk about it on the radio all the time, and there are certain people uh, – and Tim, Timothy Gordon has written a book about it. There are people who talk about this in the media – and, but it's not – I don't know that the – I don't know how many parents actually know what their kids are walking into when they go into onto a college campus. Um, I make fun here. I, I, I say all the time that you can find more stupidity per square inch in a, on a college campus than you can find just about anybody anywhere else. But we have, uh, we have Timothy J. Gordon back. Sorry about that uh, connection there. Tim, um, but uh, could you, I I didn't, I only got about half of your response to my diatribe about what I'm doing and what I'm teaching about how these kids seem to be getting jobs.
3: Yeah, no, I I forget where I I left off in my my own screen. but I'll I'll just say this much. The revolution won't be televised, and, you know, that's what we're in need of. Uh, American framers, I was just reading Franklin talking about once American liberty is, is and uh, now once it's say it can't be gotten back. We've given up all of our liberty. The institutions are, are overrun. We can't continue using any more of the tainted institutions. And Britain uh, obviously has taken more more liberty than it's ever taken from, uh, I think, an English speaking citizenry. So the point is, people are just going to have to get hit through uh, jettisoning the trappings of bourgeoisie Catholicism uh, sorry, conservatism, in their lives. And this is going to mean making sacrifices on the college. <laughs> well,
1: what about um, what uh, I oh. use myself again as an example. I went to four colleges in six years and never graduated. And uh, I ended up uh, working, I'm, I'm still working, uh, almost 50 years the, in the career that I chose and the major that I had when I finally finished up. So it worked for me, but um, I don't. I just uh, I wonder when, like, when are when are people going to realize that they can, or when are I guess when are businesses when is a why doesn't a TV station or a radio station, and I'm using that because you know I'm on a radio station right now. Why don't they? Why do they require these degrees of people, and and why do they? Why do they? Why do they? Make it tougher for people to get jobs because you need a degree. Which, when they get to the when they get to the job and they get to the uh, the people who hired them, they have to be retaught everything because everything they learned in college was wrong. But they still insist on making these kids show up with a degree.
3: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, even all, all of the great American uh, forefathers, all the great planters, uh, in the tradition—you know, four of our first side presidents were. Under their own Virginia uh, their whole orders, tutors uh, under the edge of Virginia. It was essentially that they were, um, you know, tutored at the knee of someone. They were apprentices. That's the best way to learn a trade. What what Americans don't understand is it's been lost in the English tradition. Is that to go good to university? Uh, like like everything else, the library lower ed. Higher ed was developed by the Roman Catholic Church and it was done so with a very discreet purpose for the queen of all sciences, theology, its handmaiden philosophy, and mathematics. Those are the three things you could study there. Even medical or uh law, these things are themselves uh just trades. They're glorified trades. And they're best learned by getting real practice, like which is precisely what you're pointing out about learning radio. A degree is a sham in most things, and anything that's non-speculative. You, you have to learn theology if you want to teach theology mm-hmm. at a high level, but except that's not true with law or medicine or any of the other glorified trades where uh, folks after the Middle Ages have been indoctrinated. Else. When I, uh,
1: w- one of the reasons I left was I knew what I wanted to do, I was working in the college campus uh, radio station, TV station, and I needed uh, nine hours of biology. I think six hours of economics, and I said, I- "I'm not, I'm not wasting my parents' money, and I'm not wasting my time." And nobody's ever asked me if I had a degree. They wanted to hear or see what I can do on radio or TV. So that the colleges are—they're taking someone who—I'm just using myself as an example, but it happens with everybody. I want to. I want to become a, a, a sportscaster. That's what I ended up being. And I got to sit here and listen. I got to spend. I got to spend the money and the time to learn about dissecting a frog. That's still going on too in college everywhere, right?
3: Of course, it, it's a great point. The the uh, idea, the hegemony of having distribution requirements in a so-called curricula. Did you know curricula were developed by John Dewey at the University of Chicago, a, an American avowed socialist Marxist? I yep. mean, curricula is a joke in and of itself. So you're totally right. For someone to be good and to excel at a job, they need to focus on that skill or set of skills. But one thing I, I, I don't, I'd be remiss if I didn't get this in, the biggest cost of all, it's probably the opportunity cost that that you know students aren't being able to do what they really, will truly bring them happiness. Your your profession is not your vocation. Your vocation for for a nation of Christians doesn't matter what sect of Christian you are, is in the family life unless you think you're down to the priesthood or something like that. And the family life is beginning young, and what. Also, the Marxists under people like John Dewey are stealing from young people. If they have them going to college from 18 to 24, you know, four to really six years, is their most fertile years, where not only are they stealing the kids, kids that they'd be having in that most fertile period of, the, of life, but they're also filling their heads with anti-family notions yep. and anti-familial habits which will make very, very real and very difficult monogamy later on, the demands of monogamy, which is a simple, beautiful life, the monogamy of family life. It is a 24-7 orgy that's happening on college campuses. And meanwhile, by day, they're going to classes, which tell them the family is wicked and, and you know, post-colonial and all kinds of uh, woke nonsense about it. And then by night, they're going in to solidify the bias which habits render it impossible for it to be satisfying them, to them to do what is, you know, essentially requisite of having a happy life.
1: Hey, Timothy, I'm out of time. I, the book is Don't Go to College, A Case for Revolution. I appreciate you coming on. Good luck with the book.
3: I appreciate everything you said. Thank you.
1: Okay, we'll be right back.
0: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at
4: 1-800-690-4040. That's 1-800-690-4040. Or go to SelectQuote.com
0: 1-800-690-4040. That's 1-800-690-4040. Select Quote. We shop you save. Full details on example policies at selectquo.com slash commercial. Inflation
6: is soaring. Prices are going up everywhere except Legacy Box. That's right. When our number people wanted us to raise prices, we said heck no. That's un-American. When times get tough, Legacy Box stands strong. Introducing the Legacy Box Inflation Buster Sale. Not $15 a tape. Not 12 9 Yes, just $9 a videotape. We're in a race to save your family's recorded past from the risk of fires, natural disasters, and the decay of time. Don't let this summer's heat age your videotapes, film reels, and fade your photos. Legacy Box saves your memories by professionally converting all your analog formats to digital on thumb drive or the cloud. And it's all done here in the USA. Legacy Box is simple and safe with over a million satisfied customers. For a limited time, you can get started for just $9 a tape. Visit LegacyBox.com LBOX to get our $9 sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 offer. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX.
0: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
6: Now, I
1: apologize for the quality of that, a lot of that last interview. Um, I, I really liked what he was saying. I don't know how much uh, patience you had with it and how long you stuck with it. But um, I guess that's what happens, you know. I, I started doing talk radio before anybody heard of a cell phone. And if you got somebody on the on the radio by phone, it was on a landline, and it, it was usually clear as day. But um, those days are gone. So it's a, every every interview we do here pretty much is a is a crapshoot. We you know we cringe when we, when uh, Mike Ad- <laughs> makes the call. When Mike makes the call, he's always hoping that. The, uh, when he when the person answers the phone, he, the first thing he wants to know is if, if the guy's garbled. If he, we can, or the, or the woman, the person is is um, you know can, is has radio quality sound. Sometimes it doesn't work, but um, that's the way it is. And we'll have a lot more on everything that's going on here. Who knows what we're going to find out tonight? Who knew yesterday at this time that we'd be talking about what we're talking about today? It's a wonderful world we're living in. Uh, so. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Thanks for listening today, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
0: The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group
1: and sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand, the yellow fan.